And two minutes past seven o'clock on this Monday morning, the eighth day of November. Let me give you this update from the Arkansas Baptist State Convention. I think you're going to enjoy hearing about how God is moving across the state at Woodland Heights Baptist Church in Conway. They reported that they had a two-hour event on Saturday evening as they passed out 1,462 Bibles and 1,200 hot dogs with chips. Activities included a petting zoo and a balloon artist. And in the midst of pony rides and cakewalks, every kid was given an M&M scavenger sheet and encouraged to find all six gospel stations, each station represented by one of the M&M colors. And I'm going to tell you about those M&M colors and what each one represented right after this song from Selah, At the Cross. That's our theme this morning, At the Cross. That's what those kids heard about at this fall festival.
Welcome to Lighten Up, brought to you by Compassion International, releasing children from poverty in Jesus' name. I'm Dr. Wes Stafford, inviting you to join author, speaker, comedian, and somewhat foggy medical patient Ken Davis with another health-related adventure. I woke up one day, I had a sinus infection right here. I, had a, I didn't know it was a sinus infection. It, it looked like a golf ball. I had a golf ball. <laughs> Right here. It was horrible. Big swelling right here, like a half a golf ball. Pain so intense, couldn't open that eye. Tears shooting out this eye. Tears just shooting out that eye. The pain was so intense, I knew I had to get to a doctor. Now, if my wife had been there, I'd just whined and she'd have took me. Taken me. She'd have got me there. But she wasn't there. So I had to drive myself. Fifteen miles. This eye, frozen shut. This eye, tears shooting out of this eye. 15 miles to the doctor. Went into the waiting room. It's crowded in the waiting room. You ever go to the doctor? You don't see the doctor for sometimes week, week and a half. You just sit there with people giving you germs. Sneezing on you. So I'm sitting in there, and I sat there for just a second, and I went, I can't do this. The pain is too intense. So I went up to the thing, and I said, I'm in severe pain, and it has affected my brain to the point where I believe I may hurt some of these people. When Jesus returns, we get new bodies. No golf balls on the head. No tears shooting out of our eyes. It'll be nice to have a body that doesn't hurt. I'm Ken Davis. Lighten up and live. This program is made possible by Compassion International. If you would like to know how you can help, please visit. And as we told you just a moment ago, we were going to share with you about the update from Woodland Heights Baptist Church in Conway, Arkansas. Their fall festival that they've recently had. They had an M&M scavenger sheet. And they took the six colors of M&Ms and they labeled each one at a gospel station. And the kids were responsible, their families, they would go from station to station, table to table, and they would find out what each color represented. The color brown represented the cross that Jesus died on. The color red represented the blood that Jesus shed for our sins. Orange represented the cross and the sun as Jesus rose up the third and glorious day. Blue represented the baptism that one receives when they receive new life. Green represents the new life found in Jesus. And yellow represented heaven. Steve Lassiter, the children's outreach pastor, said how awesome it was to watch so many kids running around looking for the colored tables and hearing a part of the gospel story. By the end of the night, entire families heard about how Jesus could save them. That's good news, folks. That's why we have missional opportunities. That's why we have the Community Prayer Time Network. Text us this morning, 870-205-0600. Looking at your weather forecast today, going to be highs in the low 70s. Currently 30s and 40s this morning. Lows tonight in the low to mid 40s. And tomorrow and Wednesday going to be mostly cloudy. On Thursday, 60% chance of rain. That's your weather forecast for the eastern Arkansas Delta. Our prayer time coming up in about five minutes, 870-205-0600.
This is Pastor Greg Mott with your Difference Maker Moment. Many of us are familiar with the phrase, putting on the full armor of God. It's found in the book of Ephesians in the last chapter. Paul is encouraging us to fight spiritual battles. He emphasizes this fact that we're living in spiritual warfare. Now, it's not literal body armor. It's a metaphor that means to form godly habits, to use godly tools to fight against the things of evil. Paul reminds us that our battle is not against flesh and blood. It's actually a spiritual battle. So I want to encourage you with godly habits, with faith, with righteousness, with truth, that we would commune with God and arm ourselves for the battle that Paul describes. Don't live your life in your own power. It won't make you invincible. It won't protect you. Instead, arm yourself for battle and you'll resist the enemy and you'll also live a victorious life of faith. For more about Pastor Greg Mott and how to be a difference maker, visit BeADifferenceMaker.org. And we want to say thank you to Pop Pop's Bait and Tackle located in Poplar Grove, Arkansas, right off of Highway 49. Thank you to Brian for their support of the listener-supported online Christian radio. Our prayer time every weekday at 7.15 Central Standard Time. And then 24 hours of music and programming at communityprayertime.org. Also available on the app Live 365. Great programming from Dr. Adrian Rogers, Pastor Kurt Skelly, Jeff Shreve, J. Vernon McGee, North American Mission Board every day at 1230. Lots of great programming. The Unshackled program, all of it right here on the Community Prayer Time Network. Take it. He pardons all my 
This is Pause to Pray, a chance to stop down from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders. Today we pray for Christy Abazade, Director of the National Counterterrorism Center. Her office is responsible for national and international terrorism efforts. Psalm 34-7 reminds us of the protection God provides us. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear Him and delivers them. Right now with this in mind, let's pray together. Almighty God, we ask for guidance for Christy Abazaid as she works to combat domestic and global terrorism and help keep our nation safe. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Pause to Pray is a service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team, a nonprofit, nonpartisan ministry dedicated to encouraging prayer for our nation's leaders. To learn more, go to pausetopray.org. And our Monday morning prayer time. Thank you for joining with us here on the Community Prayer Time Network. The phone number to text, our 24-hour text prayer line, 870-205-0600. Hope you had a great weekend this weekend. Anything exciting happened this weekend? Anything happened at church yesterday that you want to share about? 870-205-0600. 0600 and as we begin our time of prayer today we pray for our local churches and pastors their wives and our missionaries all around the world yesterday we had an international mission study yesterday evening in our evening service our associational missionary dr Aminette and his wife come by and shared with us a wonderful presentation on lottie moon missions and the capital city of prague Oh, they had some great, good Czech food for us. Yeah, it was good. Oh, it was great. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for our local churches. Thank you for our faithful churches that gather all around the world. Lord, we're reminded of so many that are able to meet publicly, and they do that, but then so many others that they're not able to meet openly because the government could come in at any moment and threaten the gathering. I think of the missionary that we shared yesterday. The terrible, terrible situations they faced. But Lord, we pray today that you'd help us. Help us in Jesus' name today. Again, the phone number, 870-205-0600. Love to join with you in prayer. We're praying today for Eric and Sylvie Dean. And they serve, Eric serves as a chaplain for the U.S. Army. And he's asking us to pray for him today as he proclaims the gospel of Jesus Christ 
among our nation's service members in Korea. And every day here on the Community Prayer Time, we pray for our local first responders, first responders that are serving all across the nation. But we also pray for our military, don't we? And so we're going to add Dean, last name Dean, the Dean family, to our prayer list, the Dean family. And he's a chaplain. So, Lord, we lift up Eric and Sylvie Dean today. We pray that you would help them to have favor with you as they receive orders to move from place to place. Right now, currently serving in Korea. Lord, give them strength day by day. Open doors of opportunity to share the good news of Jesus. And, Lord, we pray today for our other military and servicemen. We pray for Josh and the Coast Guard. We pray for those in the Army, Sam and Cameron. Lord, we lift them up today. We pray for Jasper and Brent, both of these young men in the Marines. We pray for little Larry, also in the Marines. We pray for Todd and Max today. We lift up Mr. Floyd and Mr. Dale, veterans of our military. Thank you for their incredible service to our country. Yesterday we served our veterans. We had a Veterans Recognition Day yesterday at church, and we had some gifts ready to hand out. We sang some songs and had a special season of prayer for our military. I tell you what, we got to take care of our military, don't we? Show them how grateful we are for the sacrifices they make for us every single day. We pray for their families that give up so much. Lord, thank you. Pray for one today that's starting a job. They've never worked this kind of position before. They said, would you please pray for me? Pray for another asking for prayer for their marriage. Husband and wife that are separated right now. The kids are in the middle of all of it. And this family says we need a touch from God. Please pray. Lord, we pray right now for this situation. Lord, you know the need. You know where the dad is right now. You know where the mom is right now. You know where these kids are. And Lord, we need you to move in this situation. If anything good is going to come out of it, it's going to be to your glory. Father, we pray the scripture over this family. What God hath put together, let no man put asunder. We pray that the enemy would fall into the snare of his own counsel and his own devices. Lord, please move in a mighty way. In Jesus' name. Well, let me give you a praise report and update. Got this yesterday. Got this in yesterday. And we've been praying for one who lost their job. The job is going to end at the end of this year. And they found out just this week that they have a new job. Oh, isn't that good? Thank you, Lord. Yes, thank you, Lord Jesus, for answering prayer. 
this couple was pretty stressed and not sure all the details of what would happen. But Lord, you've come through once again as you always do. Thank you, Jesus. You know what we need to do? We need to thank the Lord this morning for our good news verse. We need to thank the Lord. Our good news verse, Galatians 3.13, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law as he was made sin for us. He became that curse. Lord, thank you. Thank you today that when you went upon that cross and died, you took our punishment. And by that punishment, we can place our faith and trust in you so that we don't have to face it. You became that for us. Thank you, Lord. Another great praise report that we've gotten in, an RN that we were praying for. You remember we were praying for an RN. She had a job interview on Wednesday, and we thank the Lord that she got the job. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, what a blessing. Pray for another prayer request. Just come into the 24-hour prayer line, and we want to pray for Cooper. Continue to lift up Cooper, and Cooper's a little baby we've been praying for. And next week, he's going to be going to Cincinnati. He's got a major procedure that's going to be underdone. And uh, he's going to go under the procedure that we want to continue to lift him up in prayer. And good morning. Good morning. Good morning. If you're tuning in here on the prayer time, I don't know if that's Brother Nathan or Sister Becky or maybe Clint or Olivia. Or maybe it's somebody else. But we say good morning to you. Thank you for tuning in to the prayer time. Talked to Brad yesterday. We've been praying for Misty. She had a ruptured appendix and a lot of infection throughout her stomach and oh, just a mess. Can you imagine? Lord, we lift her up today. She's tired and she's wore out. She's still having to take these antibiotics by IV and just a lot going on. Help them today, we pray. Help them to know they're not alone. Encourage them, guide and direct them. She's still got a lot of follow-up visits, tests, and all kind of things that she's still working on. So you continue to pray for her. Continue to lift her up in prayer. And today, the eighth day of November, we are continuing to pray. Let's see here. Where did that go? Praying for our church planting missions opportunities across the state of Arkansas. And today we're going to pray for Kyle and Andrea Fowler, church planters out of the Summit Church in Bentonville, Arkansas. And they're asking us today specifically to pray for God to give them favor in the communities around them and specifically among the schools. Pray also that their small groups would begin multiplying in the coming months. Lord, we lift up Kyle and Andrea Fowler right now from the Summit Church in Bentonville, Arkansas. And Lord, we pray that you would have your hand upon their ministry, that their small groups would continue to grow, that disciples would be made, that they would go into all the world and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Sharing your good news. Help them today, we pray. 
And looking at the prayer wall, love worth finding, one of our ministry partners. An anonymous request. Let me remind you that if you send in a request, we do not share the name unless you give us permission, okay? And again, the phone number, 870-205-0600. One that asks for prayer. I need a good, godly support system. I am alone and isolated. I wonder if you've ever been there. Have you ever felt alone and isolated? Well, this person does. And you know what this person needs? They need us to pray right now. Lord, we pray for this person who feels alone and isolated. Lord, we pray that you would comfort them with your presence. Make yourself known in their life. Lord, I pray that they would have a Jonathan come into their life like David did. Lord, you've taught us in your word that he that hath friends must show himself friendly. I pray today that they would find somebody today that they can pour into and that they can share gospel ministry with, share life with. Help them today, we pray. A praise report. I thank God for answering my prayers for my friend. Lord, we thank you for that today. Continue to pray for another anonymous request. Praying for a mother's blood sugar level. Pray for this level to be normal, that she would be healed of type 2 diabetes. Lord, we pray today for this situation. Her diabetes, but also the medication that she's taking and the problems that she's having with her back. Lord, we lift her up today. Help her, we pray in Jesus' name. Continue to pray for one who sent in a text saying that their biopsy on a breast cancer has come back positive. Lord, we pray right now for this need. Not the news that this person was expecting. But I pray today that you'd help this family. Lord, that you'd meet their needs today. Lord, a lot of things are going to take place, a lot of doctor's visits from here forward, and medicine, some kind of a treatment that they're going to have to make a decision to take or not take. Lord, we're, we're praying right now that maybe even this person might be healed. Help them today, we pray. Another text that just came in, pray for a friend named Myrtle, and she's not felt well in several days. Lord, we pray for this friend today. And we pray for this friend that's asking for prayer, that you'd help her to be an encouragement to her friend, to have just the right words to say. Maybe even the right words to write in a card. Help her today, we pray. In Jesus' name. Pray for another dealing with COVID-19. Pray for Brother Scotty dealing with COVID-19 as well. And continue to pray that he would continue to seek 
the Lord's healing and that all of that would come to pass without any major issues. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for our prayer time this morning. Father, we thank you for what you're doing here on the Community Prayer Time Network. Thank you for all of our friends. Thank you for our family, our community prayer time family. Oh, what a blessing. Lord, you've been good to us. You've been good to us. Direct our steps today. The steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. And we're thankful today that you care about every step that we take. Help us to follow you with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Thank you for what you're doing. In Jesus' name, our prayer time comes to a close, but our trivia question is going to be coming up next. We're going to hear from Pastor Jeff Shreve. And then we'll have the newsboys coming up with our trivia question. Some real hope. Here's Pastor Jeff Shreve. Hey, what would you do if a man came to your door one afternoon with the sole intention of stealing all your stuff? And he sounds pretty tough, but in actuality, he couldn't whip your 10-year-old in a fist fight. Would you let him in and let him have his way and rob you blind? Or would you throw him out on his ear? Well, when it comes to the devil, he may look and sound ferocious like a roaring lion, But in actuality, he's a defeated foe. The Lord broke his neck at the cross and in the empty tomb. Greater is he who is in you, the Bible says, than he who is in the world. The thief and the enemy of our souls has no power, authority, or victory over a Christian. So let me encourage you as a child of God to stand firm against the devil. When he comes to steal from you, speak the truth and send him packing. It's in the truth where you will find real hope. And you can find that real hope when you visit fromhisheart.org. And you can enjoy From His Heart with Pastor Jeff Shreve every weekday morning and evening at 6 o'clock Central Standard Time. The Newsboys coming up with The Cross has the final word. Our trivia question here, 35 minutes past the hour. The average American spends 80% less time at this place than they did a decade ago. Now, 10 years ago, people spent a lot more time at this place. But they don't have to go there as often because of the way that technology has really taken over, hasn't it? There's a lot of benefits to it. So now you don't have to spend quite as much time in this place as we used to. 870-205-0600. We've got a devotional we're going to put in the mail to you today, if you can get it correct. 870-205-0600. 0600. The cross has the final word. Sorrow may come in the darkest night, but the cross has the final word. There's nothing stronger, nothing higher. There's nothing greater. All right, I'm going to give you the trivia once again. All right, Brian says, we don't have to spend as much time at the DMV. What's the DMV stand for? Dumb motorist vehiclist. <laughs> I don't know. 
Good morning to you, Brian, over at Pop Pop's Bait and Tackle, located in Poplar Grove, Arkansas, right off of Highway 49. And he's a supporter of the Community Prayer Time Network. Not the answer we're looking for, Brian. All right, here's another. Good morning, Miss Kathy. Oh, I see it. She sent in, God morning. Yes, it's a God morning. Thank you, Jesus. Is it the doctor's office? You know, they've got all those new Skype and Zoom doctor's appointments. Or maybe the grocery store. You know, you can go on Amazon and you can go on Walmart.com and submit your online order. Drive through and pick it up. They'll even load it up for you. Great answers. Not the one we're looking for. Come on, 870-205. you got about a minute left. 0600. The average American spends less time in this place than they've ever had to before. And I'll give you a hint, it doesn't really make sense because there's more money. People are getting more money now than they've ever gotten before. How can they spend less time at this place? Aren't you glad the cross has the final word? I tell you, we sure enjoyed the Newsboys concert last Thursday night. We had a great group that went with us. I think there were probably eight or nine of us that went. And we went to Jonesboro to the arena there. Got back about 1 o'clock in the morning. Oh, my. I was tired. All right, is it Walmart? Not the answer we're looking for. But I tell you what. We're going to be right back in just a minute. We're going to have uh, Daniel and Titus and Talmadge give us the Pledge of Allegiance. We're going to check in with Zach over at Keys for Kids. And your answer to the trivia question is coming up right after this. If you want to give a response, the question again, 80% less time is spent in this place than it was a decade ago. Here's Daniel, Titus, and Talmadge. Y'all enjoy these boys. Why doesn't God hear my prayers? Why is he letting Blondie die? Why bother praying? We pray to show Jesus that we trust him and to help us when we're sad. Welcome to Keys for Kids. My name is Zach. When I was 10 years old, I had a pet hermit crab named Mo who got sick. He wouldn't move much or eat any food, and eventually he died. I remember being so sad about it, and I wondered why God would let him die. Then my mom shared this verse with me from Psalms 147, verse 3. It says, He heals the brokenhearted and bandages their wounds. If you've ever lost someone that was special to you, then you know how much it hurts. Always remember that you can go to God with your sadness. He wants to help. Now for our story, it's entitled, The Great Comforter Grace held her golden retriever's head in her lap and scratched behind her silky ears. But Blondie didn't look up at her with big brown eyes like she usually did. Instead, she lay still, barely breathing. Why doesn't God hear my prayers? 
tears flowed down Grace's cheeks. He hears them, said Mom. But God doesn't always answer our prayers the way we want him to. She stroked Blondie's soft fur. They were waiting for the veterinarian to come to the house and put Blondie out of pain. Why is he letting Blondie die? sobbed Grace. Mom handed Grace a tissue. Unfortunately, Grace, this is a broken world, and brokenness leads to death. Until Jesus returns, there will always be death and sadness. Then why bother praying? Grace asked. Because we trust in Jesus, who came into our broken world and died on the cross to save us. He understands our pain, and even though he sometimes allows sad things to happen, he will send us peace and comfort to help us through it. Days after Blondie was buried, Gracie's eyes were still red from crying. She wouldn't play with her friends, and she didn't want her favorite food, spaghetti. That Saturday, Gracie was in her bedroom when she heard the doorbell. Gracie, called her mom, come here. When Grace got to the front hall, she saw a man at the door holding a very dirty puppy. I've asked all around the neighborhood, the man said, but nobody recognizes him. No tags to identify his owner either. Mom looked closely at the dog. Doesn't seem like he's been taken care of. Guess I'll take him to the animal shelter, offered the man. Grace looked at her mom. Let's keep him, please. Mom raised her eyebrows, then smiled and nodded. After they took the puppy to the vet for a checkup, Grace spent the afternoon bathing and playing with the little black dog. We should call him Wiggles, she said. His back end hasn't stopped wiggling. She laughed as the puppy licked her hand, then she looked at her mom. I still miss Blondie so much, but I'm so glad God brought Wiggles to us. Is that a weird thing to say? No, said mom. I understand. And so does Jesus. He shares in our joys as well as our sorrows. So how about you? Have you had something sad happen in your life? Did you pray about it and wonder if God heard you? He did, but that doesn't mean he always answers the way you want him to. Because we live in a broken world, bad things sometimes happen. And Jesus understands our pain and helps us through it. So trust him to be with you in hard times and to rejoice with you in happy times too. Our key verse is Psalm 147.3. He heals the brokenhearted and bandages their wounds. And our key thought, Jesus understands our sadness. There's even more great music and programs for you on Keys for Kids Radio. Visit keysforkids.net to I tune in today. I pledge allegiance to the flag, and I just to the flag, and to the republic, for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Oh, don't you love it this morning? Eight seven zero two zero five zero six hundred. Eighty percent less time is spent in this particular place than it was a decade ago. And the answer, because everything you know is online, technology, media. Yep. Miss Kathy says, "Is it car dealerships?" Oh, Miss Kathy, have you been to the car dealership? Did you go buy one of those brand new cars? Oh, come on. <laughs> All right. Not the answer, but it's the bank. 
We spend less time at the bank than they did a decade ago. With online banking, you got your apps now and your online statements, and they email it to you. You don't have to go quite as often, do you? Here's Mandisa, Overcomer. She did a great job the other night at the concert as well in Jonesboro. Thursday night, we had a great time. Newsboys, we are messengers. Mandisa, Adam McGee, it was wonderful. Listen to this, Overcomer. Daily Bible reading coming up right after this, Galatians chapter 3. Congratulations to Brian. Brian got the answer this morning. All right, Brian, we're going to get that devotional put in the mail to you. Now, we're operating on a delay, so I know for a fact that Brian did not hear the answer whenever I came across the air with it. Congratulations, Brian. And uh, you know what? I, I may have to come through that way anyhow. So there it is. That's the trivia this morning. The bank, Brian, has won it over at Pop Pop's Bait and Tackle. 870-205-0600. Real quick, let me give you a public service announcement from Marvel First Baptist Church. They want you to know that they are a drop-off location for the Operation Christmas Child, November the 15th through the 22nd. And if you need those specific times, you can contact their project manager, Nick Davis, at 870-995-3057. Again, that's 995 30 57 over at First Baptist Church of Marvel. Thank you, Mandisa, for reminding us this morning we are an overcomer. Our daily Bible reading, Galatians chapter number 3 this morning. Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth, before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified? This only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Are you so foolish? Having begun in the Spirit, Are you now being made perfect by the flesh? Have you suffered so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? Therefore he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Just as Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Therefore know that only those who are of faith are sons of Abraham. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, 
preached the gospel to Abraham beforehand, saying, In you all the nations shall be blessed. So then those who are of faith are blessed with believing Abraham. For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who does not continue in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. But that no one is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident. For the just shall live by faith. Yet the law is not of faith, but the man who does them shall live by them. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Brethren, I speak in the manner of men. Though it is only a man's covenant, yet if it is confirmed, no one annuls or adds to it. Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He does not say, and to seeds, as of many, but as of one, and to your seed, who is Christ. And this I say, that the law, which was 430 years later, cannot annul the covenant that was confirmed before by God in Christ, that it should make the promise of no effect. For if the inheritance is of the law, it is no longer a promise, but God gave it to Abraham by promise. What purpose, then, does the law serve? It was added because of transgressions, till the seed should come to whom the promise was made, and it was appointed through angels by the hand of a mediator. Now a mediator does not mediate for one only, but God is one. Is the law then against the promises of God? Certainly not. For if there had been a law given which could have given life, truly righteousness would have been by the law. But the scripture has confined all under sin, that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. But before faith came, we were kept under guard by the law, kept for the faith which would afterward be revealed. Therefore the law was our tutor to bring us to Christ, that we might be justified by faith. But after faith has come, we are no longer under a tutor. For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. And our daily Bible reading here on the Community Prayer Time Network, our good news verse today, Galatians 3.13. God has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is every one that hangeth on a tree. That's our good news today from Galatians 3, verse number 13. Temperatures currently in the upper 30s to lower 40s throughout the state. Plenty of sunshine today with highs in the lower 70s, lows tonight dipping down into the lower to mid 40s. Tomorrow and Wednesday going to be mostly cloudy, and then on Thursday, 60% chance of rain. 
That's your weather forecast for the eastern Arkansas Delta. You're listening to the Community Prayer Time Network. Here's Ann Wilson. Tell me about my Jesus. Dr. Adrian Rogers in about seven minutes. Wilson, my Jesus. That's here on the Community Prayer Time Network. Four minutes till eight o'clock. Pastor Jarvis Smith and the Second Baptist Church in West Helena, Arkansas, invite you to participate in their one-day revival and turkey giveaway. November the 18th at six o'clock, right there on Park Avenue in West Helena, Arkansas. Thank you to Pastor Jarvis and their church for serving our communities.
Thank you, Daniel. Thank you to LNW Gulf Breeze Real Estate and Title Company, located in Perry, Florida, a supporter of the Community Prayer Time Network. Their location, Nature Co. Well, that's uh, Gulf Breeze Real Estate.net. Gulf Breeze Real Estate.net. Here's Dr. Adrian Rogers. It's 8 o'clock Central Standard Time. David and Jonathan's deep commitment to one another illustrates the commitment God has made with us. Listen to Adrian Rogers. Now, one of the greatest truths that you will ever learn, one of the greatest concepts that can ever come into your mind is the truth of the blood covenant and the concept of the blood covenant. You could not have had a deeper commitment than Jonathan and David made one to the other this day. See what that means to us. One day we were rebels. We were outcasts. Then we received Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. Then we agreed with the terms of the covenant. And in the next day, we're seated in heavenly places. We are royal blue bloods, seated with the King. Welcome to Love Worth Finding, featuring the timeless messages of pastor, teacher, and author, Adrian Rogers. A blood covenant is a biblical principle that permanently unites two people together in marriage, business, or in friendship. Under this covenant, the two parties adopt a loving kindness toward each other, meaning their love surpasses all differences. Jonathan and David's blood covenant in 1 Samuel chapter 18 and 19 is a picture of the blood covenant God made with us through Jesus. If you have your Bible, turn there now as Adrian Rogers explains more about the blood covenant. Now, one of the greatest truths that you will ever learn 
One of the greatest concepts that can ever come into your mind is the truth of the blood covenant and the concept of the blood covenant. Now, a blood covenant was an unbreakable partnership between two people who greatly loved and greatly trusted one another. And uh, the blood covenant was practiced not only in biblical times by biblical characters, but historians tell us that it has been practiced by most primitive tribes as they go back in history, that most primitive tribes had one form or another of a blood covenant. Now, a blood covenant really involved three things. When people who were very close friends entered into covenant, there was a, a mutual mingling of lives and it involved, number one, a sharing of possessions, many times to symbolize that if I'm in covenant with you and you're in covenant with me, that our possessions are co-owned and co-mingled, I would take off a garment, a coat, or a tunic, or a robe, and give it to you, and you would put it on, symbolizing thus that my garment representing my possessions is my way of saying that what I have belongs to you. And then not only was there a sharing of possessions, there was also a sharing of protection. That meant that if you were ever in a battle, ever in a fight, uh, uh, you could count on me to be at your side. Your enemies were my enemies, just as your friends were my friends. And so in order to symbolize this many times, they would take a implement of war, a hatchet, a dagger, a sword, a spear, whatever, some implement of war, and this would be given. And then uh, this covenant reached perhaps the highest form. Not only was there a sharing of possessions and a sharing of protection, but a sharing of personhood itself. An incision would be made often in the wrist of the right hand. A, a cut would be made there, and a cut would be made in both hands until the blood would mingle, and then these hands would be clasped where the wrist would touch and the blood would commingle, and uh, with their hands clasped, they would lift their hands to heaven and pledge themselves one to the other, saying that the very life blood that flows through you flows through me, and that our blood now has been commingled, and there is more even than a sharing of possession and a sharing of protection, there is a sharing of personhood itself. They have become blood brothers, blood brothers. And almost all of us who used to go to the movies as little boys, I used to go as a little uh, a uh, ten-year-old boy, uh, Saturday morning, we'd get a quarter and be able to go down to see the cereals, and we always enjoyed seeing the Lone Ranger and Tonto and Kimasabi, and uh, watch those uh, movies. And always, you know, when the white man would get off in Indian territory and he'd get in real difficulty, and finally he'd make friends with the Indians, uh, who were the enemies, uh, then the Indian would say, well, you become blood brother. And what they would do, you remember how they would cut their wrist and mingle their blood like that and smoke peace pipe and all of this? They had become blood brothers. Now, that roots back to antiquity. And in a sense, that is really what happened here with uh, David and Jonathan. They made a blood covenant, as we're going to see. Now, when these people entered into covenant, they had a new attitude one toward another. This attitude is called in the Bible loving kindness. Loving kindness. Now, we use the word loving kindness very loosely. It's a very beautiful word. It has a nice sound to it. But uh, 
scholars tell us that the word loving kindness, the name loving kindness, is an attitude that is to be shown to someone with whom you have a blood covenant. It is really a blood covenant word. Another word is uh, the word friend, which is a blood covenant word. Now, we use the word friend very lightly. But the word friend is not really truly meant to be very lightly. Sometimes I get what I call junk mail from maybe an insurance company or whatever, and they, they begin to, to say, dear friend. That's the way they start. They don't even know you. They may even misspell your name. Uh, one radio evangelist sends me a letter once a month written to dear Dr. Bodgers. <laughs> uh, that's truth. I get, hey, uh, isn't that right, Linda? Nod your head. Say, it's right. That's right. Uh, dear Dr. Bodgers. All right, now, they don't know me, but I am dear to them, so they say. And, and I am, and it's, it's dear friend. We use the word friend so lightly. But dear friend, the word friend is not meant to be used lightly. People who were in blood covenant one with the other had a relationship and they were called friends. Have you read in the scripture, there's a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. That means that if you're in a blood covenant with someone, your relationship to that person is closer. Your duties and responsibilities to that person are understood to be closer than your duties and responsibilities even to a brother of the flesh. There is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother, indeed blood brothers. Now, keeping that in mind, let's go back and look at these verses that we just read here in 1 Samuel chapter 18, beginning in verse 1 again. And it came to pass when he'd made an end of speaking unto Saul that the soul of Jonathan was knit with the soul of David, and Jonathan loved him as his own soul, and took him that day, and would let him go no more home to his father's house. And Saul took him that day. And then notice verse 3. And Jonathan and David made a blood covenant because he loved him as his own soul. And Jonathan stripped himself of the robe that was upon him and gave it to David. Here is a sharing of possessions and his garments even to his sword and to his bow and to his girdle. Here is a, a sharing of protection. It's Jonathan's way of saying to David, David, from now on, your battles are my battles, and you can count on me to be a loyal soldier by your side. But not only was there a, a sharing of, uh, of possessions and protection, there was a sharing of personhood itself. Look again in verse 3. Then Jonathan David made a blood covenant because he loved him as his own soul, that is, as his self. As his self. A sharing of personhood. You could not have had a deeper commitment than Jonathan and David made one to the other this day. Now, they made the covenant, and uh, then what happened was this. Saul becomes more and more insanely jealous of David. Look, for example, if you will, in chapter 19, uh, verses 1 and 2. And Saul spake to Jonathan his son, and to all his servants that they should kill David. Now, all of the, uh, the desires of the kingdom and all of the ambitions of the kingdom and all of the programs of the kingdom are brought into one burning focus. Because Saul is insane with rage, he's eaten up with envy, 
His decree goes out to everyone, kill David. And David is hunted like a wild animal. He lives in holes and caves, away from friends and family. But Jonathan is more loyal to David now than he is even to his own father. And look, if you will, in verse 2. But Jonathan, Saul's son, delighted much in David. And Jonathan told David, saying, Saul, my father, seeketh to kill thee. Now therefore I pray thee, take heed to thyself until the morning, and abide in a secret place, and hide thyself. There's a sense in which Jonathan is guilty of treason, treason not only against the king, but disloyalty to his own father, but yet he has a higher relationship now. And he takes David's side, and he comes to David's aid because they are now blood brothers. Finally, however, Jonathan and Saul have been slain by the Philistines, and they're now dead. And God has seen to it that David, his anointed, has become king over Israel. In the succeeding uh, messages that we'll preach, we'll talk about David becoming king because there are many wonderful lessons to learn. But let's just go forward in the material quite a bit and turn to 2 Samuel chapter 9. David is a full-grown man. He has become the king over all Israel. He now has virtually unlimited power as a king. Now he goes into the palace. He's ready to take over. And he asked a question. Look at it in 2 Samuel 9, verse 1. And David said, Is there yet any that is left of the house of Saul? Now let me just stop right here in the middle of a sentence and say, I imagine that when David asked that question, Is there any left of the house of Saul? That all of those people who were there said, I wondered when the purge would begin. I wondered when David would start to take vengeance on his enemies. He's going to root out the last vestige of the family of Saul and persecute them to the death, and indeed he ought to, the way they hounded him, the way they fought him, the way they sought for his life. But they were not prepared for the rest of the question. Look at it. And David said, Is there yet any that is left of the house of Saul that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake. Because, you see, when a man entered into covenant with another man, not only did he enter into covenant with that man, but he also entered into covenant with the relatives, the children, the offspring of that man. And David knew that he was in a blood covenant with Jonathan. And so he says, Is there any left of the house of Saul that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? Now, verse 2, Now there was of the house of Saul a servant, a servant whose name was Ziba. And when they had called him unto David, the king said unto him, Art thou Ziba? And he said, Thy servant is he. And the king said, Is there not yet any of the house of Saul that I may show him the kindness of God unto him? And Ziba said unto the king, Jonathan hath yet a son which is lame on his feet. And the king said unto him, Where is he? And Ziba said unto the king, Behold, he is in the house of Machir, the son of Amiel, in Lodibar. Then David sent and fetched him out of the house of Machir, the son of Amiel, from Lodibar. Now when Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, was come unto David, he fell on his face and did reverence. And David said, Mephibosheth. And he answered, Behold thy servant. Now here's what had happened. When uh, the kingdom of Saul fell, and when Saul and Jonathan were slain, 
when it was obvious that David, Saul's enemy, was going to be king, there was blind panic in the household of Saul. Everybody started to flee. They're going into their houses and taking things out. They're hiding their possessions. They know there's going to be a complete change, a new regime. And there was a nurse there who was given the job of taking care of King Saul's grandson, Jonathan's son, a little baby named Mephibosheth. If you're fixing to have a baby and looking for a good name, that's a good name, Mephibosheth. And so uh, this was the name of the little baby, Mephibosheth. And the baby was in the nursery. Now this nurse, thinking that perhaps the baby would be harmed because the baby was Saul's grandson, ran into the nursery, picked up the little baby, and ran out with the little baby to hide the baby. She was in such a panic and such a hurry that she stumbled and fell with the baby in her arms and the great weight of her body crushed that baby beneath her and the little baby's legs were hopelessly mangled in that fall. And uh, the baby from that time on was lame in its feet and could never walk without the aid of crutches as he pulled his dead limbs behind him. This little baby was crippled. Now, the nurse took the baby to a hideout a place on the backside of nowhere called Lodibar. And the very name itself means a place of no pasture. That is, it was a dark, dingy, dusty, dirty hideaway. And I can just in my mind's eye see this old nurse raising that little baby out there and saying to the baby, you have an enemy. Your enemy is David. You must continually hide from David. No one must know that you're here. You must keep your whereabouts secret and I know this is a dingy place. I know this is a dirty place. I know this is a sterile place, a place of no pasture, but it's the only way that you can continue to live, and so you must stay here. And there he is, a little prince in exile. He grew up breathing dust, dragging his dead limbs behind him, fearing David and hating David. And all the time he was fearing David, and all of the time he was hating David, he was in a blood covenant relationship with David. Now David takes the initiative. David asks, is there anyone left of the house of Saul that I may show the kindness of God unto him? And an old servant spoke up whose name was Ziba, and he said, oh yes, I know. And Ziba somehow was privy to the fact as to where Mephibosheth was, and he told King David about this young man who had now grown up as a cripple living out there in this hideout. And so David said, go get him and bring him to me. And so the king's entourage goes out there. He drags himself to the window. He looks out, he sees the king's soldiers coming, he sees the king's chariot, he sees the royal guard, he thinks this is it. Are you Mephibosheth? Yes. Come. Where? The king, David, requires it. Come. And they take him away. He comes into the palace. He's never even seen the palace. He's lived on the backside of nowhere. He comes in, his crutches go to either side, and he falls prostrate on the ground in front of David. He's lying there quivering like a trapped animal. He's hoping for mercy. He hopes that the mercy that he will receive, that the blow will be swift, that he'll not be tortured, that he'll be suddenly killed. That's all he can hope for. He knows the sentence of death is upon him. And then notice what David says in 2 Samuel 9, verse 7. 
And David said unto him, Fear not, for I will surely show thee kindness for Jonathan thy father's sake, and I will restore thee all of the land of Saul thy father, and thou shalt eat bread at my table continually. And uh, he bowed himself and said, What is thy servant, that thou shouldest look upon such a dead dog as I am? Mephibosheth says, I don't understand it. Who am I that you would say this to me? That you would tell me not to be afraid. That you would say you want me to eat at your table. You want to restore the riches to me. Who am I? Oh, thank God for Nancy's songs. Not because of who I am or what I've done. <laughs> He's, who am I, he says. Verse 9, Then the king called to Ziba, Saul's servant, and said unto him, I have given unto thy master's son all that pertaineth to Saul and all his house. That is, everything that belonged to Saul now belongs to Mephibosheth. Thou therefore and thy sons and thy servants shall till the land for him. He has a farm and he's got people to farm it for. And thou shalt bring in the fruits that thy master's son may have food to eat. But Mephibosheth, thy master's son, shall eat bread always at my table. Now Ziba had 15 sons and 20 servants, and overnight they all became the servants of this man Mephibosheth. It's a miraculous thing. And there's, so, there's Mephibosheth. He is, he's faced at this particular moment with a, a decision. Now here's the decision that he has to make. He can either refuse the terms of the covenant, continue to be an enemy of David, and receive the judgment that was due, and step outside the covenant, or he can personally ratify the covenant and receive the benefits and the blisses of the covenant. Thank God he made the right decision. And so here's Mephibosheth. He's, he's sitting there and saying, you know, <laughs> this is wonderful. Yesterday I was, uh, I was an outcast and a rebel and an enemy. Today I'm an insider, a friend. Yesterday I was in a hideout. Today I'm in a palace. Yesterday I drank from a tin cup. Today I drink from a golden chalice. Last night I slept on a mat of straw. Tonight I sleep on silken sheets. Yesterday I had nothing. Today I'm wealthy. I don't understand it. I don't think I know all that goes with it, but I cannot deny it. And thank God then I am going to enjoy it. And so he just says... Praise God, David, if that's what you want to do, that's just fine with me. And so uh, here is a great transformation. He comes the next morning. Uh, he's asleep there and that on those uh, uh, beautiful soft mattresses, those silken sheets, and the servants come in and, and nudge him gently about 9 o'clock. Uh, would my Lord Mephibosheth like to arise now? Here's a basin for my Lord Mephibosheth to wash his hands. Oh, my Lord Mephibosheth, the king requires your presence at breakfast. Would you like to come down to breakfast? And Mephibosheth comes down to breakfast, and there's the king's table, and there are the king's sons, and right at the king's right hand is an empty chair. Would my Lord Mephibosheth be seated there, please? There's that beautiful white linen tablecloth covering the table, just groaning with good things. Mephibosheth puts his mangled feet beneath that white linen, they're not even seen at all. He's sitting up there from the 
table up, he looks like everybody else. Just sitting up there because those things are hidden by God's grace. And he's sitting there at the table having such a wonderful time. And after a while, he gets to feeling at home. And so he says, pass the biscuits, please. And uh, David takes that tray of biscuits and passes them on down. And as they pass by, Mephibosheth looks at David's wrist. And on David's wrist, he sees a scar. Because in these days, when they would make a covenant where the wound was, they would rub dark powder into it and leave a mark there. It was called the mark of the covenant to remind them. And Mephibosheth sees that scar on David's wrist. And he says, it's all because of the covenant that my father made with David so long ago. I don't deserve it. I'm not certain I understand it completely, but I'm not going to deny it, and bless God, I'm going to enjoy it. And coming up tomorrow here on Love Worth Finding, we'll hear part two of this important message. But maybe as you've listened today, you have questions about who Jesus is or what he means to you, how to begin a relationship with God through Christ. We invite you to our Discover Jesus page at the website lwf.org slash radio. You'll find resources and materials there that can answer questions you may have about your faith. Again, click Discover Jesus when you go to lwf.org slash radio. Now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, you can call us at one eight seven seven love god Mention the title, The Blood Covenant. This message is also part of the insightful series, Live Like a King. For the complete collection, all 12 powerful messages, you can call 877-LOVE-GOD or order online at lwf.org slash radio or write us at Love Worth Finding, Box 38600, Memphis, Tennessee, 38183. Thank you for studying in God's Word with us today. If you'd like to start receiving daily devotions and links to our program, sign up for our daily heartbeat emails at lwf.org slash radio. And join us tomorrow for the conclusion of the Blood Covenant right here on Love Worth Finding. Here's an encouraging message that a listener posted on our Facebook wall recently. Want to know my favorite message from Pastor Rogers? He wrote... All of them. Every lesson is life-changing. As I can best characterize Adrian Rogers, he was brilliantly simple and simply brilliant. Blessings to you and all at Love Worth Finding. Well, we are honored to share these life-changing messages and the resources that we develop so that you can learn and grow in your faith. When you donate to Love Worth Finding right now, we want to send you a hardcover copy of our new book, 25 Days of Anticipation. 2,000 years ago, the world waited in anticipation for the Messiah. Inspired by the teachings of Adrian Rogers, this powerful new resource will lead you in an Advent study of the prophecies that Jesus fulfilled when he came to earth. Request the book, 25 Days of Anticipation. And we'd like to say thank you to LNW Gulf Breeze Real Estate and Title Company located in Perry, Florida. Their phone number, 850-584-5101. Their motto is... A good name is rather to be chosen than great riches. Proverbs 22 and verse 
one. That's LNW Gulf Breeze Real Estate. Thank you for your support and partnership of the listener-supported online Christian radio, 24 hours music and programming available online at communityprayertime.org and also on the app Live 365. Coming up next, a break with Unshackled, the Unshackled program free indeed. Here's two minutes, and two minutes after that, Mercy Me. From the files of Unshackled, Pacific Garden Mission presents Free Indeed. I worked in the security field until I was caught stealing from my employer. God was gracious to me by getting the charges and sentence reduced to probation. One of the requirements of my probation was to get rid of any firearms. I hid them away, determined to keep my collection. Terry was worried about them being found and had a friend come and take them away while I was at work. I was furious and chafed at the constant restrictions that had been added to my life, especially by my probation officer. I worked at several jobs and finally got one as a salesman for a man at church. The job went well for a while. Thirdly, I acted like a good Christian, but my heart was still covetous. One day, I saw a boat trailer I wanted. I took it and was caught. This time, the judge kept me in prison, except for when I went to work. That began a steady slide into severe depression. I was ashamed and felt dead inside, barely able to function. Then after Christmas, I tried to take my own life. My wife and my counselor tried to get me help, but nothing seemed to do any good. Then on Palm Sunday, I heard a message on Christ's suffering that finally got through to me. It opened my eyes and heart and gave me a new beginning. I drew close to the Lord for the first time in many years and attended Bible school. I was eventually called to be the pastor of a small church where I serve today. I'm Don Kelly. If the Son, therefore, shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. If you would like to be free from the weight of sin by receiving Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, call 1-888-NEED-HIM right now. Free Indeed is a production of Pacific Garden Mission, 1458 South Canal Street, Chicago, Illinois, 60607. Sometimes I wish it was a smooth 